What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. We talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And what are we talking about today? Humanism. Yeah, so this is like more of a dad-centric topic, isn't it? Because <laughs> this is more your jam. Yeah, because I am a humanist. Yeah, what is that? I self-identify yes. as a humanist. Yes. Yeah, okay, so... Like, we're all humans. <laughs> that's right, yeah. What, what is a humanist? I suppose an easy way to describe it is it's a, it's a way of thinking or it's a framework that um, looks to science and reason and human beings themselves to answer the big questions I suppose mm. and guide our actions and our behaviours and so on um, um, there is a humanist UK society um, of which I am a member and there's humanist societies throughout the world um, particularly in the western world um, for obvious reasons more secular societies the way that humanists often like to talk about what it is is by looking at three areas and those areas are the way that humanists understand the world um, the way that humanists tend to think about being good morality if you like and the way that humanists talk about being happy so generally when humanists are asked to talk about what they believe and and why they believe it those three areas tend to be the ones that that you focus on um so yeah so what do you believe because <laughs> being good and happy are quite like do you need a movement for that like what's the so those are areas that i suppose traditionally religion has filled and humanism is a secular way of answering those questions and finding a framework to kind of live your life by if you like but it's not a religion and it's not it doesn't have a central point where you know you, you you listen to the decree of the grand humanist who tells you what to think so different humanists will have different opinions and that's part of the gig really mm. um and there's no holy book or there's no single book where you go to to find out oh, what am i supposed to believe as a humanist so again you'll have different opinions about various things but there are some very common elements to it that I feel pretty confident saying if you meet somebody who calls themselves a humanist they would say this this and this so a humanist will look to science and reason and logic as a, as the place to go if you like or if the or the, the process the technique to use to try and understand the world mm -hmm. and that can be anything from you know why is the sky blue why do leaves go brown in the autumn um, to how did the universe start? So these are sometimes quite trivial questions, but they also include huge questions about existence and mm. the nature of existence. You said there's sort of like three, what well, it sounds like sort of three pillars to humanism. Mm. So kind of what are those pillars? And then break those down for us maybe. Yeah, so we said it's, it's about understanding the world, um, being good, morals if you like, and finding meaning and being happy. So... Humanism has something to say about those three areas. I guess on lots of other things, but if you really get down to, you know, to detail, that's really what humanism is doing, and it's it's answering questions. I guess that traditionally has been the preserve of religion. 
you know so religion has tried to holy books have tried to tell you how the world got here and how human beings became what they are um how to be good and and how to find meaning so these are very much questions that religion has had a free reign over and i guess humanism is a way of asking those questions without the need for god or religion um yeah okay so that's kind of like the understanding to being good and being happy yeah so understanding the world is really the way that humanists try to understand the world is by applying reason and logic and i suppose the most codified way of doing that is science Mm. it's a kind of method for logically assessing what's going on in the world yeah and so humanism is really about that so it's Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a set of these are the truths according to humanism but what it does say is look if you want to know something use either reason and logic Mm -hmm. or better still um a scientific method which tests a hypothesis you know Mm -hmm. i think that the sun looks like it rises every morning because um xyz and then you would try to test that Mm. in some way either Mm -hmm. through an experiment or some observation that's basically the scientific method and that's what humanists will use to Mm. answer those questions or try and to answer those questions and the being good and happy is that kind of do you think in answer to the whole you know religion provides that for people um you know what do people do without that pillar of society because obviously religion's been a big part yeah um of society for a long time and provided that for a lot of people so is that kind of i think so um i think in many respects it's a um and i I have to say i don't know you know the full detailed history of humanism Mm. (laughs) and it depends um how far back you want to go uh to determine you know how long has it been here yeah and in what form but it seems to me like it is a sort of answer to the question as you said you know that that is framed at atheists and agnostics well you know that's that's what you don't believe what do you believe you know and that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of good question i think that is a, a relevant question so I, perhaps i should talk about its relationship to atheism um so if you're an atheist then essentially you have you you lack a faith or a belief in a god mm-hmm. so you have no belief in god if you're an agnostic, you're essentially saying it's unknown and unknowable whether there is a God. Um, in practical terms, it kind of makes little difference. You kind of both in both, you act as though there is no God. Correct. I think just one is more affirmative that they believe yeah. there is no chance and no God, and one is more, well, it's not impossible but highly unlikely. Yeah, I think that's right. And even amongst atheists, there'll be slight differences in terms of assertiveness around, you know, whether actually believe there's a god or not i mean a lot of atheists um and i think rightly so um don't get into the question of whether it's possible there could be a god because mm. atheism actually is not a commentary on that it's just saying um that i don't believe there is a god it's not saying there definitely isn't one yeah. and that's a very fine distinction that not everybody appreciates especially in debating with religious people but it it does leave one open i suppose to the the charge well you know atheism and agnosticism is a lack of belief if you like but what about the other questions like morality and 
happiness. They We need something to talk about in relation to those things. And so I think that's where humanism attracted me, was that I was already considered myself agnostic, stroke atheist, but it gave me a way to think about positively what it means to be a human being in the world trying to make life better for myself and others and it's a very positive kind of outlook and philosophy on life mm, yeah i suppose um what, what so that's kind of what attracted you to it it was but it wasn't straight away was it once you'd left being religious yourself as we've discussed you'd been religious previously yeah um, such a weird way of phrasing it it's like being religious like you'd once had religion in you and then you excavated it like <laughs> yeah I mean I think like a lot of people it's a journey isn't it so I was brought up in a very religious household as a Jehovah's Witness and that's a very particular type of religious belief but like lots and lots of other people you know brought up to believe that there is a God God created us um there's a, a kind of meaning and purpose of life and that is to serve God mm. and the rules and regulations that are interpreted from the Bible and cherry picked if I'm honest from the Bible were the ones that we had to live by um, so you know if you wanted to know the right thing to do in a given situation then you just went to the literature that commentated on the bible or explained it and for me that was the jehovah's witness literature and that would tell me you know the the bible says this therefore i should believe that the bible says this therefore this is right or this is wrong and of course you get lots of different denominations even within christianity let's say so there's lots of disagreements about what is good and bad right or wrong Mm. um but there is a kind of central place to go to in theory um that that is the place that you decide and that's that's where i was for most of my well all of my young life um and then i obviously over time i started to lose my faith in god and would describe myself as a as an atheist or an agnostic depending on my mood at the time um but yeah, so it's only in the last sort of five or six years, actually, that I've really started to call myself a humanist. Um, and that's 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 kind of fairly recent, yeah. What do you think humanism's brought to you in your existence? Yeah, so I think for me, it, it gives me a, um, a, a... Again, a bit of a framework for asking questions. I don't think it's changed my viewpoint on much to be honest is that kind of the point it's not meant probably to yeah you. yeah i think i think it's more a feeling of belongingness and, and community is is what what i wanted from it um i've been able to i've just started doing some school visits although virtual at the moment for obvious reasons where um, schools will sometimes ask for a humanist speaker to come in and talk about humanism in their strange enough religious education yeah, classes yeah well it is because it's kind of the other side isn't it so. well it's it's asking those same questions so i guess yeah. it fits there. where else do you put it can't go into exactly. like media castle history can yeah you? um and so that's been great and that's made me feel like part of a community because i think that is one of the things that um perhaps 
is a downside of atheism and agnosticism is that quite it can be quite quite, quite yeah. solo yeah quite lonely mm. and um you, you kind of lose this community that you belong to before whether that be for me the jw's or it's a church or whatever it is churches is all and all religions have a community aspect yeah it's a physical place that you That's go right. and you have your community members so yeah yeah i know um Sorry, the 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 um the place of humanists or just meet up for a picnic or something <laughs> yeah i know alan de baton i think his name is de baton, de ba- baton or baton baton um he's the guy that he now heads up the school of life i think it's called mm. um he's a philosopher he's been around a long time but he makes this point that um that's perhaps something that as secularists and atheists we're not really we're, we're not enjoying you know we're not getting that that tradition that getting together those ceremonies mm. that that you get if you go to church um even people like richard dawkins say you know they love the music of of hymns and um and church music so so yeah there's a an attraction of of those sort of artistic cultural elements to life that perhaps you you don't get as a humanist maybe in the future there'll be more you can do um humanism has provided some things like services at uh births like naming ceremonies Mm -hmm. instead Um, of christenings instead of christenings uh of course marriages or weddings um i don't know if it's part of humanist but i've heard of guide parents instead of godparents right yeah i don't know if that's it sounds like a humanist sort of thing to do yeah so it's like still naming someone that's close to your family and will probably be close to your child Mm. to guide them be part of their yeah it's a nice idea isn't it i like that there's some nice things around um ceremonies that are that are steeped in in religion i guess and who doesn't like a nice wedding you know where Mm. everybody gets together and celebrates um a couple getting together so yeah so so humanism has moved into that space as well so you can get celebrants to officiate at weddings and funerals and naming ceremonies um and so yeah i think that's that's opened up a a community a world that i found has given me a feeling of solidarity you know i'm not on my own there's there's um, there's this other community out there of like-minded people there are yearly conventions and things that you can go to um i haven't been to one yet uh but uh, yeah and the speakers that do various things i've also taken advantage of part of humanism or humanist uk um they have every now and again these social events where people who have come out of religions um, often called apostates can meet together and talk about their experiences and how yeah. they feel about it because i know that this isn't like the main point of it but it does feel a little bit like maybe as well, and i mean it's in a good way like a bit of a sanctuary for people <laughs> yeah. like that you know because like you said it is hard to leave something and it's or there are good things that you leave in order to leave the bad things too yeah absolutely absolutely so then to be provided with that would i imagine be quite comforting well it's it's not it, i think we are social creatures aren't we so it's nice to have a a social um outlet if you like or even just the feeling that you're belonging to something is mm. is quite important for human beings um so i think that's that's why i wanted to get involved um and i i'm 
I'm glad I did. I haven't done a lot really with it over the last few years, but recently this year I, I took a course on being a school speaker, and that means that I get to um, to talk to young people about what being a humanist means, not in order to try and evangelise. That's not what humanists do, but you know, not everybody knows what that means and knows what it is, and especially for young people growing up, they um, they're curious and they it's part of you know understanding the wider community. <laughs> just interrupting the middle of the podcast here because i want you to remember that you need to tell a friend about this podcast so that we can keep making cool stuff and you can talk about it with your friends because it's more fun if we're all getting involved so tell a friend share it text them about it get involved yeah i guess what we're trying to do here is is um start a community aren't we yeah We we want people to talk about it and you know there's lots of fathers and daughters and mums and sons and all of them people talking to each other about some of these issues some of them quite big some of them fairly trivial and we want to you know make asking those questions what should i think about this interesting and fun so we want you to tell us what you think about it and get involved and and tell us what your parents thought about it (laughs) because i'd love to know you know and you get this little like anecdotes i'd like to know so yeah, we had somebody give us some feedback the other day that said it's uh, adorable, our yeah, podcast, which was on. really nice. Go tell us it's adorable. <laughs> go on. So, yeah. yeah. Right, back to the podcast then. Um, I should say there's lots of people who will probably have exactly the same beliefs as myself, but don't call themselves a humanist, because I don't yeah. suppose you call yourself a humanist. Not really, no. no I'm not we, saying we have exactly the same beliefs, but... We, we're pretty pretty measured on the same i would say there's some things that we're different on which we might discuss at some point i'm not going to mention them now <laughs> um but generally moral morality what on earth is that morality is measured on the same sort of stick i think with us. yeah i think I, I think i'm right in saying you don't have a belief in god is that no not really I, I, it's like um um, ambivalent really yeah the thing is because i've not come from a background of being told to believe and then having to go through a journey or yeah you know mum it's a bit different as well because she never really was super mm. like into it do you know what i mean yeah. she was just like doing it i i guess more like social pressure than um, yeah omnipotent pressure um so maybe that's why she because i don't think mum would call herself a humanist either because no. she's a bit more and I don't mean that in a negative way because ambivalent sounds like oh I'm above it. I'm not. It's just I'm just not. I, it's not something that occupies a lot of my mind space. I think that's right, and I think I think that's absolutely fine. Um, and in fact, it's one of the things that that as a humanist I I will say is you know lots of people actually have the same beliefs as as myself mm. or same stance on most things. Um, they just don't call themselves a humanist because they don't see the need to. No, that's absolutely fine. I've always had a lot of questions and I've always been very deep in my kind of thinking and agonising over everything. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think you think why. about this a lot and um, yeah. I don't. No, I know that's, that's great. But um, but yeah, for me, it's helped me to have a bit of a, a, a rudder, if you like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think um, it all seems very nice. I wouldn't be um, opposed to it. Mm. I just haven't found the need to seek something out i suppose sure um so yeah we talked a little bit about like and the good and the morality and stuff but like do you want to go more into that so what um that means we talked about it in 
regards to religions providing that previously and that humanism can also provide that for people that don't want to be religious um what what kind of is working deeper there yes yeah, so a humanist um generally will think about what does it mean to be good it is one of the things that um again people who are religious will often in debates they'll often claim that without religion without god there is no morality mm. so you can't have morals if you don't have god in other words and the claim is that that morals were there and human beings or humanism if you like kind of steals the clothes of religion um, but actually we get we get all these morals from religion this is a very common even quite intellectual people claim that um what we consider to be just normal good and bad we only see it that way because of religion and um, humanism would argue it's actually the other way around that actually morals are the result of a set of behaviors that have been i suppose in some respects selected for through social and evolutionary pressures because we are social creatures and so as social creatures we have relationships we care about other people we have that thing called empathy which means we are able to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody else and understand how they feel and it's from that social highly social and highly intelligent that it's those forces that have created these ideas around morality add to that the fact that we are reasoning creatures it means that we whilst we've kind of inherited a lot of these qualities or these outlooks if you like that we call morals as reasoned and logical and sensible creatures sentient creatures we can also now take it further and say well you know what what do we really think about these big questions and that's where a lot of the debates come in you know how should we behave in this situation or that situation and sometimes that's quite a um contentious area like questions around gender and so on these are the sorts of areas that that society is grappling with but that's because we are intelligent creatures who are able to reason and ask questions um but before that there's been thousands hundreds of thousands of years of evolution and us evolving as social creatures that have developed these behaviors and these ways of thinking about the world like you know feeling that it's wrong to kill other people feeling that it's wrong to take from other people things that that they need um these are these are natural processes and and that actually relates to the third element of humanism which is the being happy bit as well because if being good is natural then that means that you're more likely to be happy if you're also being good if that makes sense mm. so people who try to uh, people who are mean who are who are violent and so on does that make them happy generally not mm. 
So the argument I think most humanists would say is that uh, morality is a human construct. It it came originally from the social world that we have built for ourselves, in conjunction with this this way of thinking, this this mind that we have that allows us to step out of ourselves, if you like, and look at the bigger picture and the way that our behaviour impacts upon others. And that's where morality comes from. Mm. It doesn't come from God. Um, morality in the Bible or in other holy books is essentially a codifying of what human beings already... To write it and bind it in a book. Exactly, mm. yeah. It's it's the same thing about making God in your own image, essentially. You know, the the Bible says that man was made in God's image and... I would say that God was made in man's image because that's how people thought about God at the time. Mm. And you can see as the Bible, as an example of that, as the Bible um, is, or as the books of the Bible get written, you can see the the nature of God changing. The, the God of the New Testament is very different to a the lot, God of the Old Testament. A lot Testament. more chill. Less violent, less... Um... Old God's real mad. <laughs> But you know that that reflects, I, mm. I guess, the the, the society at the, uh, the time. Yeah, it's like when we did our old but now problematic podcast, where it's like um, they were set in the past, but it was still reflective of the time in like the fifties, yeah. wasn't it? So Absolutely. What, that's, Absolutely. That's the good thing with movies and stuff is no matter when it's set, even like stuff that's set in the future and in the past, it's more reflective of when it was made than Absolutely. what it would be. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's nothing dates like the future, as they say. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's right. And and actually, if you if you look at, at the Bible, for instance, that's that's the holy book I know uh, quite well personally. You know, you, it, it reflects exactly what you would expect it to reflect mm. in those times. Mm. You know, if people put a foot wrong, they get stoned, yeah. which means that they get taken out into the into the square yeah. and people pelt them with stones until they're know. dead yeah. you know this is a brutal life isn't it that's why i think i like <laughs> that's what's good about humanism is that obviously it adapts and changes because it's obviously very like do you know what i mean like it's it's grappling with current issues isn't it and doing this well it's it, humanism is, is basically saying how do we how do we make decisions about this situation or that situation and and instead of Instead of saying, well, let's go to the holy book to find out what God thinks about it, um, which actually the holy book was written thousands of years ago and is going to reflect a society that is not necessarily relevant to today's society. Um, what humanism says is what's in the best interests of the majority of people. Yeah, yeah. So like I was saying, it's, it's quite current and evaluative of the current times. It's, yeah. it's not stagnant, whereas obviously... The issue with by the Bible and other holy texts is that they were written at a certain time, and then you have to sort of do backflips and contrive to make it flexible. If you want to make it flexible and changing, you have to do a lot of work in order to do that. Yeah, so you either do that, and you you end up having to because well, we don't stone people in the street anymore. We don't, but there are countries no, that yeah. do, so yeah. um, or at least that do some pretty horrific things so you either you either do those backflips and um do lots of work as you said to to make sense of of some of these texts or you are a fundamentalist and you you say well you know god's standards never change in this so we're going to carry on doing what he Mm. said 
um, in in the you know in Old the first century. Yeah. Mm. So so yeah, that that's your choice sort of thing. Um, so for humanists, it's about what's what's for the good of humanity. Um, yes, please not to aim to please some omnipotent being. It's just exactly. about yeah the collective good. Do you want to talk about that in however you like, I suppose, in relation to yourself? Does it make you happy or do you think, does it? how does it make a humanist happy? Yeah. So I've touched on it a little bit already because we said that, um, that I suppose being in line with our nature, which is to be somebody who's uh, empathetic, who cares about other people, this is natural, therefore you tend to be happier. Um, but the other element around happiness relates to meaning. So one of the things I think I always found difficult as a very religious person, as a sort of fundamentalist, was the idea that your meaning and purpose in life is to make God happy. Mm. And that always didn't seem real to me. That always seemed very difficult to make sense out of. Mm. Whereas for a humanist, the philosophy is that you have to find meaning in your life for yourself. So you have to find your own meaning. And that, mm. that actually puts some work on the shoulders of each individual to find meaning and happiness in life. You, you can't just go somewhere and say, right, how am I supposed to be happy? You have to do it for yourself. Mm. And that means that, you know, sometimes you'll go a bit around the houses. And we're not saying that all humanists are ecstatically happy all the time, that they've all found their meaning and purpose of life but it's about finding meaning in sometimes quite small things it's about being satisfied and happy uh with you know what you can achieve as an individual and there'll be various levels of ambition and go-getness you know depending on the individual um but for me it's kind of helped me quite a lot to think about what success means and what meaning really means when I left the organization I really struggled to find meaning and purpose and initially I, I'd sought that out in my career mm. um, but these days I have a much simpler way of finding happiness and meaning and it, and it is really doing some of the creative stuff that we're doing that for me is is how I find happiness and meaning um, and in thinking about all the people that I've trained as part of my job um, so those things give meaning to my life and of course the, the biggest one is being a father and, and a husband which you know I need to say that mm. obviously mm. Um, but uh, yeah so so yeah that that's I think an important element it, it puts a bit more work on your shoulders but it does provide the agency the freedom to make your own decision about what you uh, want to do with your life and that's just something that you that I didn't have as a as a very religious person that was all mapped out for me so so we discussed you know what it brings to you because I said you know yeah. what why why are you humans what does it do for you um does it bring something to society like is it is there a value in having humanists in the world yeah I think probably that's worth talking about in relation to secularism so secularism is not the same as humanism but they they share a lot of common ground i guess secularism is about saying that we want to 
um, creates a secular society, which doesn't mean getting rid of all religions. That's important, actually, to say. Humanists and secularists are not trying to stop people believing in gods or having their religion. Mm. Absolutely fine. In fact, I, as a humanist, would absolutely support the right of, of anybody to believe what they want to believe, as long as it's not. Um, hurting somebody else or infringing infringing upon somebody else's rights but in let's say in this country in the UK there is a privileged place that religion has for instance there are a certain amount of lords who are um, clergy there um, we have the Church of England the <laughs> um, Queen is the head of the, state and the head of church exactly She's so anointed. we have institutionalization of religion mm. within this country we have um, faith schools mm. where schools are um, called you know a Catholic school or a, a C yeah. of E school or mm. whatever and um, and I think a secularist society or a secularist would say that that's not really appropriate. So whilst it's absolutely fine and we should support people um, to believe what they want to and have churches and places of worship and so on, so on, so on, so on, but we shouldn't have the arm of the state to support that. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, is an area that I would... um, I think they're more like private schools, aren't they, now, as we move away from that, um, that are privately funded and so on. Anybody can set up a school that is a religious school. Mm. And in fact, you know, lots of governments sort of encourage that, Mm. um, which which can be a a bit of a problem. So, yeah, I think a secular society is more about the political aims of um, some humanists. I would say not all humanists are secularists, although they most probably are. But some feel much more strongly about breaking the ties between religion and um, the power of the state. Mm. So some countries, you know, like France, for instance, is a much more secularist society. Um, the United States um, famously has this separation of church and state, which has come under pressure uh, recently. I find that interesting that the United States is meant to be more separated from mm. its religion than we are, because even though we have the, like I said, like the head, the head of our state is also the head of religion, <laughs> mm. the head of religion. Um, it feels like we have a less um, religious sort of ruling society than in well, America. But... I think I think that's because of the history of the of the two countries, isn't yeah. it? And the um, the, the way the I think that the the atheist and agnostic and humanist movements are probably more established in the UK and in Europe than they are in America, certainly in certain parts. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's, I suppose, where secularism would come in. Um, So a vision, if you like, for a secularist humanist would be to have a world where everybody can believe what they want to believe and are free to do that, but it's separated, from, it's like... separated from, from the from the states, the mechanism of the state to privilege mm, like certain the laws religions. and the education. So. Yeah, and I this is my view. I don't know how other humanists feel about this, but I have a problem with the charitable status of lots of religious organisations who essentially don't really do any work mm. for the community. Um, they use that money to evangelise and to 
um, to support their building work and so on. Yeah. That's not a charity as no, far as I'm not. concerned. I know there's a, there are um, obviously some... I think, like, seer readers have to... They have to do a certain amount, don't they, of, like, work. Um, I know the cathedral, every Christmas... They take in all the yeah. as many homeless people as they can, and they feed them a proper Christmas dinner, and yeah. you know that's nice, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, and of course, one would support that sort of activity. And there's lots of yeah, people in like churches that considered do that. Chris, uh, Christian mm. charity, isn't it? Like mm. good Christian charity. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think that's good and fine, so long as you know if you are registered for charity status you are doing those sorts of things i think it's interesting it's kind of like i feel about it the same way as a lot of the people we've interviewed for our documentary we're making the pink pound feel mm. about um i guess tokenism of using queer stuff to make money i don't have an issue necessarily with the church being you know part of charity you know charities as long as they actually are doing the work absolutely if they're if they're doing things for the community then yeah. okay there's an argument for that definitely yeah um like, but know. when they're not doing that no. then just because you call yourself a religion doesn't make no. you a charity no. as far as I'm i think concerned. you have to actually do the work exactly um yeah. yeah um but i will be celebrating christmas not because i believe in the birth of jesus no. bloody but, love christmas but i love christmas <laughs> um because it's a cultural event it's which... the best time <laughs> we're gonna buy our tree tomorrow <laughs> excellent we get a real tree <laughs> we'll get the man to saw the end off for us because we can't be bothered to do that <laughs> all the all the Absolutely. lady last year it was the lady she, yeah. she did it for us well, she put it through the net yeah it's all yeah. very exciting it shoving is. the tree Let's through the big left. thing I'm sure there's trees left. Everyone has gone mental though, and they're like, Christmas starts in November because <laughs> this year's rubbish. So. Exactly. I mean, it's not just like one withered tree in the corner standing up against like the wheelbarrows. So, is it too early to say Merry Christmas to our listeners? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, listeners. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of What Should I Think About? All about humanism. And uh, don't forget, there's a bonus episode that we put out this week which is an interview that I did with Celine going back last year all about her first uh, flare-up with ulcerative colitis. Yeah, and I think we said we'd want to do another one. Now we've kind of settled into our pro- mm. podcasting format. Maybe we'll do it a bit more about invisible illness generally. So yeah. It's a bit more um, open to other people because lots of people do have yes, invisible indeed. illness. So we'll, we'll probably talk about that. that soon. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to share. Text a friend. Text a friend. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye. 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 What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production.